beauty of youth. Welcome to Handle Pod. Episode 433 of Hand of Pod. I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by English Dan. Hello. And Andres. Hello, welcome. Um, yep, that, that was the intro. That's what we're doing. Shall we dive straight in? We've had two rounds of... No, we haven't. We've had nearly two full rounds of action since we last recorded. And this is why I'm diving in so quickly, because uh, we need to get this all out of the way so that Andres can get off and watch the River game uh, after we record... So, at the weekend, the scores went as follows. Central Cordoba 1, Patronato 3, Sarmiento 2, Defensa y Justicia 0, Arsenal 1, Platense 1, Aldo Civi 0, Atletico Tucumán 1, Barracas Central 1, Argentinos Juniors 3, Gimnasia 0, Colón 0, Independiente 0, Rosario Central 0, Newells 0, Racing 0, Boca 1, Tacheres 0, Union 0, Huracan 0. Wasn't the most thrilling of Saturdays and Sundays, was it? Absolutely not. Godoy Cruz 2, Lanús 1, Banfield 1, San Lorenzo 1, Tigre 2, Estudiantes 1, and Vélez Sarsfield 2, River 2. And then in the midweek round that is uh, about to finish for us, but will already have finished by the time you listen to this in the future. Ooh. The scores so far have gone like this. Colón 1, Aldo CB 1, Platense 2, Central Cordoba 0, Atletico Tucumán 1, Sarmiento 0, Racing 1, Arsenal 1, Argentinos 2, Boca 0, San Lorenzo 2, Union 2, Patronato 1, Tigre 0, Estudiantes 3, Barracas Central 1, Defensa Justicia 2, Independiente 1, Huracán 0, Godoy Cruz 0, Lanús 2, Vélez 2, Rosario Central 1, New Orleans Old Boys 0, and right now, 52 minutes in at the moment, Tacheres lead Banfield 1-0, uh, and as I just mentioned, in about an hour and a quarter, River will be kicking off against Gimnasia, so of course we'll give you the full-time scores. I imagine that we'll be recording when this finishes, so we'll uh, let you know what that is when it happens, and I will give you the full-time score of River Gimnasia after the final music in this episode. Mm. Um, the I suppose the biggest news, really, although it's only just happened, uh, but, but before we go back to the weekend, we need to talk about the Classico Rosarino, which I didn't catch because I was working, so uh, I'm going to leave these two too, because they're obviously you know professional football writers and uh, they'll definitely have watched it. I would have watched more, or some of it, um, but I had to take my two-year-old to the eye doctor for a checkup. I should have. What's your excuse, Andres? And then when I got home, I com- it was about probably about 20 minutes into the second half, but I'd completely forgotten about it because they put it on at an absolutely ridiculous time. Yeah. 4.30 on a Thursday. Yes, I was not uh, available to watch the game. But yesterday... It's disgraceful. Um, yes, yesterday it was uh, San Lorenzo who played at 2pm. Uh, it is yeah, really... Yeah, something like that, yeah. Well... <laughs> 
It's incredible. It's uh, we are going to play if we are like we continue like this, like the female uh, tournament at nine, <laughs> nine, nine a.m. in the morning. Yeah. What um, I can say is that Alejo Belis got the only goal. He is an 18-year-old striker who reminds me a lot of Martin Palermo. I get very strong Palermo vibes off him because okay. he's big and well-built and. The goal, in fact, came off his head. Uh-huh. Brilliant header. I was saying to Andres, just before um, we started recording, I don't know what a header needs to classify as a golasso, but if there is a category of golasso headers, mm-hmm. this would probably get in there. Just describe it to me. I, I haven't seen it. So. Uh, deep free kick from the right-hand side. Everyone in the box. He leaps like a salmon. Um, or what? I don't know if... The Rio Paraná has any fish that particularly like le- leaping to make this a more uh, appropriate Rosario-specific um, analogy? Because trout aren't really very big leapers, are they? I've never seen a leaping no, no, trout. And they're not really in the Paraná, they're further south. And they're not really in the Paraná either. Um, um, so hmm. we can probably discount trout. If anyone knows a Rio Paraná native fish which is fond of a jump, um, let us know. Uh, for now, we'll stick with Salmon. Um, and that proved the only goal of the game, just before half-time. Um, and curiously, for people who like odd, very pointless stats, um, 18-year-old Alejo Belis scored past 18-year-old Franco Herrera in the News Net. And I wonder if that combination has ever happened in a... Clásico Rosarino, or any other of Argentina's major Clásico, uh, an 18-year-old striker scoring past an 18-year-old goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I have just Googled Peces del Paranaque South, but it's not going to work. Good work. Um, so, fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's a combined age that is younger than Martín Palermo was when he retired. Indeed, and younger than, so, just younger than Carlos Tevez, who's 38. Yeah, very true. And also retired when he was older than that. And, and who's getting some manager points from you, I saw on Twitter earlier, for naming three teenagers, I think you said, in the Central starting. Yes, game, right? as well as Melis. Um, Central started with Facundo Buonanotti, who's looked very good. Uh, unfortunately, he came off injured um, after just 26 minutes and was... Replaced by Gino Infantino, another teenager, and no relation, we should point out. Um, and the other was Matteo Tanlonga, which is a great surname. Yes. Um, so, in fact, they fielded four teenagers because um, Buonanotte's exit was a teenager for teenager replacement. Is, is Buonanotte any relation to, obviously not to Gianni Infantino, but to, <laughs> he could be. to Diego Buonanotte? Not that I know of. Has he played in, did he play for Central quite recently? No. Oh, no, no, he's at the Universidad Católica since there a lot of time. Yeah. Diego. Also, I couldn't remember who else he he's played He's a Santa Fe native. That's, yeah. that's what I do. That's something I can confirm. Um, but anyway, and they also had a 20-year-old Ismael Cortez on the pitch. Um, so... You can understand why Tevez has gone for this approach because the older guys were doing fuck all. Um, and it seems to be getting results. That's uh, two wins in a row for Central now. now. 
uh, two wins in the last four or five days because in, at the weekend, as we've already mentioned, they beat in the Benyende. Mm. Obviously, everyone's beating in the Benyende at the moment, but beating Newell's, inflicting their first defeat of the league season, uh, is no small feat because Rosario Clásicos tend to be very tetchy, very, let's just say it, dull, nil-nils. Um, so to get the break for especially with this central team against this news team is is very encouraging. So definitely do do Tevez a world of good in this very difficult job he's got on his hands. Indeed it will. Uh, Quilmes said Diego Bonanotte's only other Argentine club. Mm. Obviously the, the, for those who don't remember him and haven't been listening to us for long, the other one was River where he came through. Uh, so I'm not really sure where I got the idea that he played for Central, but... Anyway, uh, that's a little off-topic bit. Um, now that we've dealt with the Classico, which none of us saw, are there any good games that either of you did see over the weekend or in midweek, gents? I'm trying to remember what happened at the weekend. I mean, it I feels think like of a one, long time ago. I think of one very good game at the weekend, which I'm sure Andres will have some opinions on. And when I say the weekend, I mean Monday night, uh, which was Vélez versus River, in which Oof. River were... Moments away from getting a small measure of revenge for their Copa Libertadores exit, um, and probably played the best game that they've played in a while, uh, but first then half. it slipped in, in stoppage time. First half, because uh, mm. it, I, I don't remember a match uh, uh, played by River in uh, recently in which uh, their performance changed so much between one half and the other. Um, because in the first half, it was like well, we, we are back. Uh, is, in, in fact, the, the, the result was 2-1 in favour of, of them. Uh, after conceding a, a, a goal through a penalty, which would have meant, perhaps, uh, in, in, uh, 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 that could have meant that they uh, would again be, 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 be uh, with a lot of difficulties to, to, to recover, and, but then scored again. Uh, but in the second half, it was two totally different story, with Vélez uh, being a total protagonist of the match, uh, and River being perhaps... Uh, 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 I, I was surprised, angry and surprised at the same time, because uh, 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 it's impossible for, for a team uh, which doesn't uh, know how to defend, to defend so in their box. Mm. Uh, and that was the, what River did. Of course, pushed by Vélez, uh, who, uh, uh, since Medina, Cacique Medina is, is in the bench, I think they improved a lot, in, in, at least from the, the approach of, of the matches they, they play. Uh, they are much more intense than they were before, much more aggressive in terms of the physical form, just like River was before. And I, I think I, I, I mentioned this uh, when River played against Vélez in the Copa Libertadores. That I think that if, if you would uh, switch the t-shirts, that would have been fine because Vélez played like River was used uh, usually played before because uh, with the physical aggressiveness and, and, and pressure, uh, while River was just weak, uh, not knowing how to react to the to the to the play of the of the rival, uh, and so it was like a continuity of the of, of the performance that River has. Uh, have been having in, in, in the past, in, in the recent past. Um, yeah, they've stepped it up against River. It's, it's been a little bit weird because when you look at the Vélez's re recent results, they've had uh, 
One, two, three, four, five, six. In all competitions, they've won one of their last seven, which was the first leg against River. Uh, they have drawn with Defensivo Ticia. They lost to Atletico Tucumán. Obviously, drew the second leg against River. Uh, lost to Colón. Drew with River, and then just now. Lost to Atletico Tucumán, I think, they, also. Yes, I mentioned that. Ah, uh, I think that problem. Also, 2 2 with Lanús last night. I think the problem with Ellis have had. They just haven't been closing out games because yeah. they've had no problem getting the lead. They had it against uh, Lanús twice. They were in the lead as well in the game before River you just mentioned. Um, Lanús who changed their coach, by the way. Uh, Jorge uh, no, against Colón. They, they took the lead very early. Hmm. Um, so there's definitely something there, but they're just... Not closing out games, which is funny because they did such a good job of it in their Libertadores. Um, what their goal came midway through the first half, uh, in the first leg, in the first leg, and then they just absolutely blanked River for fifteen minutes. For, in. Yeah, um, but they can't seem to do it in the league, which is curious. Yes, if I talk about the the matches, I I completely watched uh, played by Belles they, that they were against River, and uh, the the way they played was. Uh, Perhaps totally different to, to, to the other matches with not not so important matches perhaps. Mm. They are like focusing on the matches mm. like River did in also. Uh, I, I compared it I compared because uh, it's quite similar in way in the way they played. And River did similarly because uh, uh, when they had uh, uh, important matches it's like they focused all all, all the energies yeah. there mm. and we, we, you weren't here last week, Andres, but me and Dan actually made the point then that the main difference is less that approach of focusing everything on the big matches and more that when River were doing it the last few years, they were tending to finish like third or fourth anyway in mm. the league and Vélez are currently 26th. Yes. <laughs> so there's a much bigger drop-off, but it is the same general approach, uh, you know, the same kind of attitude yeah. that they're going The difference in. is that River's subs and reserves... Yeah. Uh, almost on a par with Vélez's first team, so imagine what. Have been in the like, Vélez's so reserves and subs are like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not easy to juggle the two competitions. Uh, we've seen it many a time. I don't think any of the clubs who uh, who got through to the Libertadores last 16 have been particularly impressive so far in. Um, and with the signings you have two of the league. Hmm. They, they work or they don't, and, and, and clearly River had. had uh, Perhaps they, uh, Gallardo chose not the best options, or they, he chose the players that were available and that River was uh, had the money to, to afford them. Uh, there was a, a, a soap opera with, uh, for example, for example, Teti Castellanos, the uh, New York City uh, striker, who I think he will play at uh, uh, Girona, which part of the same group. City He's gone from city to city, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Um, from city, city, New York City, to city, Spain, and and they couldn't afford him. So uh, now you have uh, Barco, Pochettino, Gonzalez Pires, all of them from the MLS. Who well, uh, clearly, well, Barco perhaps is the one who uh, played more of, of all of the uh, of them. Uh, but uh, I see him like a crashing car. Like he crashes all the time. <laughs> Or he tried to play individually all the time, mm. or, or making wrong decisions. Well, and this is it. And, and, and uh, when you have to build a team, you have to choose, and sometimes you, you, well, you don't choose well. Yeah, they have signed, I think, the 
I think it was about to go through when we recorded last week, and they've confirmed it since. Uh, Miguel Angel Borja has yes. come in, who should add a bit of penetration to the front line, uh, you would think. Is he playing tonight? He didn't sign in time to play on Sunday. I'm not sure whether he will be in the starting lineup or in the bench. He, he will be there. Uh, of course, he will play minutes. I don't know whether it will be from the beginning or, or not. Also, Pablo Solari. Pablo Cesar Solari, who is has no relation to the other Solari who played, or the two Solaris. All of the Solaris. Yeah. <laughs> but he, his family is huge supporters of River, because he's not, his name is because of Pablo's Aymar. Yes, that's what I was yeah, And there, there are his, his brothers also, Santiago because of Solari, Santiago Solari, and uh, Matias because of, of Almeida. So, uh, yes. There we go. So he's Argentine. Yes. Even though he's been signed from... From San Luis. Uh, he work, was born in San Luis, uh, uh, then went to Tacheres, but didn't... Uh, I, I think he didn't make his... Or he was in the bench for some matches, and then he, yes, he went to Colo Colo. Colo Colo, that was right. I was going to say Universidad de Chile, but yeah, they've signed him from Colo Colo. Mm. Um, meanwhile, on the other side of the Super Classical divide, it's been a mixed couple of rounds for Boca, who won a 1-0 win at home to Tacheres, courtesy of an 80th minute penalty from Marcos Rojo, who is in no way fortunate to still be on the pitch by that point. Um, I mean, we can say that in every about every game that Marcos Rojo's ever played in his career. Look, as a former Manchester... No, as a current Manchester United fan, and a fan of one of his former clubs, I'm just going to say Marcos Rojo plays... is literally playing by a different set of rules from every other player <laughs> on the pitch in, on many, many occasions. Um, Dario Benedetto had hit the woodwork from a penalty very early on indeed uh, and that's probably why he didn't take the second one you think? Uh, so Rojo stepped up and slotted it home he's got a pretty good record I think from penalties over the course of his career he's a decent taker he's always had a very good left foot it's just the rest of it that's been that's attached to it is, yeah. which has been somewhat suspect especially not, not the, brain. the part above his shoulders yes yeah. um, anything to say about that Boca performance I did watch most of it and I was quite Sort of, I mean, I was looking forward to seeing them fail to win a match. For I mean, most of it, I think it's win it, but. just been overshadowed by the shellacking they received either last night or Tuesday night. I didn't catch this, but I think it was on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, they were 2-0 down to Argentinos before half-time with goals from Gabriel Carvajal and Gaston Beron set up by Carvajal. Um, and yeah, after that, I mean... The stats and the momentum graph and stuff that SofaScore give you I mean uh, suggests that the second half was like on the one hand all Boca, but on the other hand they suggest that Boca didn't actually manage to get forward very mm. much. Clearly, they had a lot of the ball. But Argentinos spent it. all of the all they, they had in the first half, and they hold on in the second, mm. uh, knowing that perhaps Boca had uh, at this time a uh, 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 huge uh, difficulties to. To create uh, opportunities, or at least to create some play, uh, making some play there to, to uh, at least be close to, to score. And instead, except for Visha, that he's the only one who perhaps. But even Visha's been yes. way down. Like Paul Fernandez has been way down for Boca. Visha's, you know, after that that really good month or so he had, just in time for the uh, Copa Liga Profesional final in knockout stages, mm. he's fallen off a cliff. Benedetto is unrecognisable from the very effective striker he usually is um, so that just it really has just left Boca with no idea really around the box um, and we saw it you know 
saw it most famously against Corinthians, who just put everything back and, and said, look, come at us. And they couldn't, because they had no way through. Um, and it's very troubling for Boca if, you know, if your only creative thrust with everyone else playing rubbish is someone like Jorman Camposano, who is not a creative, no, who's a defensive creating midfielder by any stretch of the imagination. Um, which makes me wonder what people like Adam Molinas are doing on the bench because he's been able at least to, to give a bit of... Um, I guess a lack, of, lack or, of faith in youth. They, yeah. they, they need Carlos Tevez to come in to manage them who's going to put some teenagers It would seem so, yeah. Or they need to stop fucking around and bring back Almendra because um, yeah. considering everything else that's happened with Boca and their disciplinary record, keeping this kid out of the team just because he had a bust up with the now ex-coach seems... Yeah. Very strange. Um, I feel like this is the second time you've said this. In I'm get, and I'm going to keep saying it until Boca yeah, do it, because I really like Amendra. I think he's a cracking player, yeah. and as much as I'm happy to see Boca flounder, um, it shouldn't come at the expense of a very promising young player who probably just said what was correct about Battaglia in the end. But it's crazy because uh, he insulted Battaglia, or he said... That he was a disaster, but yes, it's an insult, hmm. perhaps. Uh, that's why he was like uh, uh, left aside. And now that Batalia like is gone, ago now. yes, now that <laughs> Batalia is gone and he will have the chance to, to play again, he said that he wouldn't uh, renew his contract and he wants to leave. Hmm. And he can't blame him, to be honest. Um, no, absolutely. But I heard the other day that the, I think on Sunday it will be one year from the that episode in which. Um, there were an entire team that played from from the reserves against Banfield, because before of that, before that it was the Mineiro mm. uh, issue that they break break broke the bubble of the COVID, and and uh, eight of the of the eleven players that played uh, in that match against Banfield are gone, uh, are oh, wow. are not anymore in the club. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, the team who've just beaten Boca in the Clásico Junior Sensei. Or the Classico Maradoniano. Um, top of the league. Which isn't the Classico, don't write it. Neither. Top of the league, yeah. As Andres says, they've won four of the last five. They've beaten Central Cordoba, Tigre and Barracas Central, apart from Boca. So they're mopping up all of the uh, wins against the teams that they should be expected to beat. Um, including Boca in current form. And uh, lost to defence of Decia. But 19 points from nine matches. Goal difference ahead of Atletico Tucumán in second. It's a very strange-looking top three, isn't it? Platense mm. in third as well. Godoy Cruz in fourth. Which division are we looking at? <laughs> this is the top it's, flight, it's the, right? the tournament of the, of the small teams. Uh, you have to go to the seventh, seventh position to see the first grande, I think. Indeed you so, do, yeah. Mm. We'll talk about who that first grande are in a second, I imagine. Um, but I just want to give some love to Argentinos, because it's a club I like. It's, we're it's all a bit fond of Argentinos. Club, as I've mentioned before, were involved in the first really, truly great match that I attended after moving here, uh, and indeed won that match, and then won the next match to win the league back in 2010. Um, and yeah, you know they're just they're, they're every Argentine second club. One of the best yeah, divisions yeah. you you will find with Redondo, the son of Redondo, being in the in the squad. Mm. Yeah, who is, of course, a former player for them himself. I, I think I seem to remember once meeting somebody at a house party who professed to absolutely hate Argentinos in spite of not being an all-boys or Tigre fan. Like, he was a 
you're like an independiente fan or a San Lorenzo fan or something you're like, mm. I can't stand that Hedino so like, what's wrong with you yeah why, why it's like that? hating a, a little puppy mm. Very strange. Yeah. Anyway, um, congratulations, Argentinos. And now let's move on to the highest placed grande in the league. Some, Very faint praise. To some would say the first grande. Um, Definitely. Dan, tell us about how Racing have been doing. It was a frustrating week. Um, I think that's about the best way to say it. Um, Bit of a come down from the classic old win we were talking about last week. A little bit, yeah. Um, I mean, still two draws. It's not like you, you know. No, that's what I mean. It wasn't, you know, huge uh, reason to burst out in rage or or weep uncontrollably. Just you felt like the points could have been there, especially in the most recent match, and it didn't quite get there. And if you look at the statistics, it tells a bit of a story. Racing had an average of seventy percent possession. Over the two games against Newells and Arsenal. Racked up 38 shots um, between the, the two games. And only scored once. Um, in a move that kind of came out of nowhere. And was responded to mm, seconds after by Arsenal just running through the whole team. And uh, scoring a real... Uh, championship manager, football manager goal. The low cross across the box and the, and the striker sliding in yeah. and taking a bit of the keeper with him. Um, before that, it had been all racing. It just seemed like a, a question of how many and when would they score. Um, I think if Arsenal hadn't got that goal right after or indeed before half-time, we probably would have been looking at a 4 or 5 nil. Um but it really pulled them together, and fair play. The the second half position um, performance from Arsenal was horrible to watch, um, just brutal, but very effective. Um, just put not even every man behind the ball. Uh, it was more of like a proactive defence, and just absolutely choked Racing out of it. The, the amount of passes they just sent. So nowhere, the just miscued shots, panicked shots from, from God knows how far out. Um, it's how you've got to defend against Racing, because if you sit on the, on the edge of the box, they tend to get at you, hmm. um, as they did. You know, that's how Arsenal went out in the first half, and, and they went down, and the adjustments they made were exactly how, how you have to play against Gago's team. Um... From Racing's point of view, obviously disappointing. I think at least you know four points from these two games. You wouldn't have been too unhappy, uh, but they just couldn't get it together. There were a lot of attacking changes, creative changes, which didn't come off. Uh, Edwin Cardona again just looked like he didn't really know what he was doing, and neither did we. Uh, milling around there about. On the final third, they're pushing the odd pass in, not really doing anything. Um, the other Colombian signing, Johan Carbonero, very similar, just a bit quicker than Carbonero. Kind of the same result, but you get there a bit faster. Uh, 
just a lot of banging your head against the wall, basically, in that second half against Arsenal. And, and it was troubling because the Newell's game was very similar. A lot of activity, activity around the box and not a great amount of, um, of uh, end result. And I think the problem that Racing have is uh, when it doesn't come through, they don't seem to have that many goals from you know, set pieces. You don't have a big lad at the back or a big striker will just come up and and knock a header in like Central's Martin Palermo climb. Mm. Um, and it's always useful to have them kind of tools because not every goal is going to come after knocking 15 passes around the box, finding the gap, knocking it through and then pulling pulling back across the goal and being yeah. able to finish. It's, it's nice to have, you know, passing like a, a can opener, as it were, but sometimes you need a sledgehammer. Indeed, exactly. Um, Racing are missing that sledgehammer, both you know from set pieces, and they could just do with a centre forward who knocks in goals with his ass, with his knee, with his whatever you, whatever part of the body you fancy talking about, and they don't quite have it. Um, and I hope that doesn't come back to haunt them at the at the end of the season because this feels like a league which would be open if mm. they can. Just get those those few games together, like you know, the few wins together, like they did at the start of the year in the in the Copper, which of course counted for absolutely nothing because then it went to playoffs. But uh, that's what they need to do. Um, they have the ability uh, to put a run of three or four games um, winning together, and that will make a hell of a lot of difference in this league where everything's so bunched together and no team's really standing out. Yeah, they've got um, a good chance at the weekend because they're away to Central Cordoba, uh, who are possibly unique in that we'd have predicted that they'd be really low down the table at the start of the season, and they are really low down the table. Um, so one team that actually proved hand up right. I mean, the teams below them are Independiente, Vélez, Lanús and Aldo Cibi. Mm-hmm. And, you know, given that we have mentioned a few times how Aldo Cibi trying to play well and, and have done quite well under Martin Palermo. It's a bit of a shock to see the bottom of the table. But yeah, Central Cordoba next. And then Racing are at home mm-hmm. to Tigre, who uh, I have just remember produced one of the more entertaining matches of the weekend, or at least I hope it was one of the more entertaining matches of the weekend because I watched most of it and I was entertained by mm-hmm. it. Um, against Estudiantes in winning 2-0. Goals from Mateo Retegui again, mm-hmm. who's got to be... A, shot for player of the championship if he keeps this form up for the rest Not of the year. Not far off, yeah. And Facundo Colidio right after half-time. Uh, Pablo Piatti clawed one back for Estudiantes later on. I'm not really sure why I watched that match because neither of these teams is in particularly good form. <laughs> Estudiantes perhaps a bit better but very, very patchy really since the league started. Quite similar form to Vélez. Yeah, of a few, yeah. Uh, and, and the same situation you know, a couple of years other Yeah, yeah. In fact, they are... I was going to say they're down near Vélez in the league, but they're not. They're 10 places above Vélez in the league, but they're still 16th. Uh, so, and only four points ahead of them. Um, but it was a very entertaining game. I, I very much enjoyed it. Excellent. So, uh, well done, T. Grayford. So you win the entertaining Sam prize for the weekend, at least. Yes, which isn't difficult now that I'm not watching anywhere near as many matches as I used to. Um, or is it more difficult? It, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm not as jaded when right. I do watch them. That's the thing. That's good. Like, if I watch a match in the evening, it isn't the seventh match I've watched it today because mm. there are far too many teams in this league. Coincidentally, talking about Central Correa, I'm just I'm going to be 
just around the corner on Saturday because I'm going up to uh, Tucumán at the weekend. But since uh, the game kicks off, I think at 8 o'clock and I've got my brother-in-law's son's christening, I'm going to be pressed to make it the two and a bit hours to to Santiago del Estero. So I might not be able to get to it. Which seems like a waste, you know. I got I went that far. Yeah. Why not go a bit further? But we'll see. Some things are apparently more important than football. Yeah, they say. How much they're trying to convince us. Um, any other matches to talk about, gents? Any others that really grabbed your attention? I mean, do we want to kick in the Beninda while they're down? I'm sure you do, Dan, so I'm just going to shut up. I mean, I, I kind of don't, because I just feel sorry for them now. Um, because on top of the two defeats they've just suffered in the last four four days or so, they've well, also... No, no, they, they drew with... Um... Who is at the bench now? No, they, they lost to Sindre. They lost to Rosario Sindre. No, they didn't. I'm oh, sure they lost they against Rosario Sindre. According to this live score up, it was a nil-nil draw. Why did I think they lost against Sindre? Absolutely no idea. Maybe Sindre had a goal... Chalked off or something because you, sure you were talking. It doesn't mention one there, but you clearly are talking about the match that you were imagining in your dreams rather than. Yeah, very possibly. They, well. they did lose away to defensive to ten man defensive with Dicia, albeit defensive with Dicia were two 0 up when they had their man sent off. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, so not great. And um, they had another reverse in the courtroom as well because um, they have been they have seen their TV money embargoed in order to pay off. Gonzalo Verón, who sued him for not paying them, not paying him a whole load of wages. Uh, so the entire you, wait, you could do that. Why doesn't somebody tell Frankie de Jong? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, it took like four years, so that's probably one oh, of the right, reasons. Okay, that's a, yeah. Um, so the four million somehow that they over Verón, who played. An entire 14 games for Independiente hmm. in 2018. Sorry, 4 million what? Dollars. Bloody hell. Yes. If it was pesos, I don't think they'd worry too much. But yeah, 4 million dollars plus 800,000 in accrued interests and, penal- interests and penalties. Um, do you want to do the conversion into pesos? Which I don't think I have enough faith. I don't think, don't think I've got enough fingers, to be honest. 4 million 800,000. Yes. Uh, at what's the blue at the moment? Three hundred and twenty. <laughs> Something like that. Three hundred and thirty. Three hundred and thirty. It's three hundred and twenty yesterday. Three hundred and thirty today. Three hundred and thirty. That is over one and a half billion pesos. Ouch. Uh, sorry, sorry. In Spanish, for uh, because billion means something else in Spanish. Over one and a half thousand million pesos. Yes. So in English, it's a billion. But if you say billion in Spanish, it's confusing for people. So. So that will hurt. Um, you know, I will leave Santi to, to rant about all of this next time he comes on, I'm sure. But, but yes. he, they're not doing well. The issue, the issue was uh, he made now or, or, or it is from four years ago and now they are, it's effective that they have to pay it. The case has been running for a while, uh, but this judgment's only just come, come in. Because but he's basically been looking for any way he can to... To get his money. Yeah, the long and arm of Argentine justice, but it's also a very, very slow arm. Because if he's if the issue is is from they, they he did it now. Uh, it's not good. Or, uh, I mean, you don't. I don't. I don't care, or I don't mind whether Independiente is in a bad situation. But if you do it now, after four years. <laughs> nah, I think 
uh, since 2019, he's been um, he's been uh, litigating against Independiente. Yeah, it's my been girl- a long time. My girlfriend's dad's been part of uh, a lawsuit. So this is not football related, but just a, an anecdote since we're coming into the halftime break. Anyway, my girlfriend's dad's been part of a lawsuit or was part of a lawsuit for several years because somebody, an employee of the bank that he has one of his bank accounts with, mm-hmm. uh, had been stealing from customers' accounts. Right. But had been doing it very, I'm going to say very cleverly, they'd been taking out like 3,000 pesos from this account, 3,000 from that account, 5,000 from that account. Mm. So he, he, in total, it was something like 600 customers. Right. But none of them had, had personally lost more than 5,000 or 6,000 pesos mm. or something. And we're talking probably back in about 2013, 2014, something, sometime around then. So, like, so it was a lot of money, but it's not a lot an instant you know. But it's not an amount that is going to make anybody go, whoa, hang on a second. Like, you couldn't have bought a television, or maybe you could have just about bought a nice television with it or something about that. Yeah. Um, and so they, you know, did a kind of, a, a, what, would it be a class action lawsuit? Is that the term? But, you know, the group of so. people yeah. sued the bank altogether. In the meantime, the bank in question was bought by ICBC. Right. And ICBC went, no, it's the previous bank. It's nothing to do with us. And we're trying to not take it to court for absolutely mm-hmm. ages. Um, and I think it was sometime last year he, he found that he, you know, they confirmed, right, mm-hmm. at some point you'll be getting the payment. And obviously they've had to update it for inflation. And by that point he was owed something absolutely fucking ridiculous, <laughs> like two and a half million pesos with the damages included or something. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just... <laughs> absolutely mad uh, so it can take a very long time yes. to get sorted in Argentina is where I was going with that um, 2020 he filed the lawsuit oh. so. two years oh okay well that's pretty quick then compared with the two story years, yeah. <laughs> uh, Just I'm just going to go through the, the top players statistics on sofa score for something to mention as we go into half time Adam Barreiro uh, despite San Lorenzo being is rubbish he's top goal scorer he's the top goal scorer at the moment <laughs> at San Lorenzo well that's a Let's see. I feel like uh, they've had a couple of games without losing seven goals. recently, San Lorenzo. Yeah, I've barely mentioned them. Maybe we will in the second half. San Lorenzo is Deportivo Empate. Six draws. Yeah. Six draws in nine games? Uh, Arsenal, I think, is the same, has the same record. But, uh, I wouldn't be surprised having seen them on, on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely like a draw that night. Ramiro Enrique of Banfield and Mateo Retegui of Tigre, who I mentioned, uh, has been brilliant. I've both got five goals there, joint second. And then there are a lot of players with um, assists. Anybody want to predict the main assist maker according to Sofascore? Uh, can clue the club? Place with Godoy Cruz. Um, Ojeda. Yes, well done. Sebastian Misha is second with four, but Ojeda's got five. Um, and yeah, that's it. The the most uh, the average sofa score rating, which as we all know is the real statistic to watch for because they just made them up off the top of their heads, is Julian Alvarez still. What? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's why I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, second is Ojeda and third is Brian Aleman, which like Aleman's been great, uh, or at least he had been until gymnasium. Julian Alvarez made slump. his debut last night. Uh, uh, of course, a friendly, a pre-season friendly, but mm. well. Uh, He's starting with Pep on the bench. Indeed. Uh, and just as an excuse to say his name again, because you all know I love saying it, Giuliano Galoppo has scored two out of two penalties. Adam Barrero has three out of four, so he's the top penalty scorer, but Galoppo but and Retegi 
have both got 100% records from two taken each. And Golopo will maintain that because he's now gone to Sao Paulo. Oh, well. Yes. I haven't heard that. We've that said a wrong. couple of times in recent weeks, why has no one come in for this brilliant young player? And they have. They listen. I think Sao Paulo must oh, have listened to our Anapod and, and thought, yes, Golopo is a player for us. It's, I mean, on the one hand, it's going to sound nice when a Brazilian commentator says his name. Galopo. Juliano Galopo. Yeah, uh, it's pleasing. On the other hand, it means I'm not going to get to say his name anymore. So I'm glad that I did just bring him up for no reason whatsoever. Um, he should as, as a farewell, I guess. Yeah. After Frankly. Sambolo, he should leave and, and play for Serie A, any Serie A team mm. with that surname. Maybe, maybe I'm going to say his name for the national team in a few years' time. But I'm not going to help Fingers crossed. I'm definitely not going to hold my breath because it might not happen. Uh, anyway, half time break? Yeah, why not? Don't go away. Welcome back. Um, first of all, we're going to talk about just a little bit of football uh, in the second half. Argentina in the Copa America Femenina are playing... When do they play Venezuela? Is it tonight? I think Andres said now. My hub started at 9. It's right now, is it? Yes. Now, the problem... Do we have uh, it on TV? No. Uh, this is what I was going to say. We were talking last night about how we hadn't really caught any of it, Dan. And uh, as I discovered, thanks to Tony telling me... Yeah. Um, on our WhatsApp group uh, the following day, it turns out that actually it's not on the television that we've got, it's all on DirecTV. Uh, so possibly we could get an illegal stream of it up if Tony doesn't mind sending us a link. I'll send him a WhatsApp now. Um, they're playing Venezuela. As I mentioned at the very end of last week's episode, the last match that they played was that 5-0 win over Uruguay, which I did manage to watch because Tony sent me a link. Um, and it was... Pretty good performance, especially in the second half. Yeah. Hard fought in the first half. Much what? more of a cakewalk in the second half after Uruguay's defence. So what are the scores on the doors? So Obviously, going into completely this out match, of date by the time this guidance on air. But. Going into this match that should have, in theory, have just kicked off a couple of minutes ago. Um, we, these are the last group matches. Uh, but at the moment, Brazil are top and Argentina are second on nine points and six points. Venezuela, a third, also on six points. So this is do or die, this match. Uh, Uruguay have three, and Peru have none. Uruguay have already played all four matches. So it's Brazil against Peru at the moment. Uh, Peru obviously can't qualify in second. Now third and fourth get... Hang on a second. I think we can assume Brazil will win. Placement matches. They are winning one nil after five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're definitely going to win. Uh, Brazil and Argentina, as it currently stands, would go to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, we're going to the final stage, so into the playoffs it right. says here, but I, you know, to the, the, the final stage in a group with the top two from the other group who already have, which is already finished, and that's Colombia and Paraguay. Okay. Uh, so listen to the end, and I'll tell you the score of Argentina versus Venezuela, but basically whoever wins goes to that final group and if it's a draw Argentina goes to the final group on goal difference um, the I think that three maybe of that final group go to the Women's World Cup mm -hmm. but I'm not sure and Venezuela are good right? Venezuela 
so far have, let me just get their results up, um, they beat Uruguay 1-0, mm -hmm. they beat Peru 2-0, and then just as everybody else in the group has done, they lost to Brazil 4-0. So all of Brazil's matches, Brazil's three matches so far have all finished, I think 4-0, oh no, hang on, they've only scored 11, so they haven't. Brazil have won 4-0, uh, they beat Uruguay 3-0, and, and then, so they beat Argentina 4-0, Uruguay 3-0. Venezuela 4-0. They're the only uh, Conmebol team in the world, uh, the FIFA top 10. I can tell you that much because I, I was looking at the FIFA. Here it says that the, 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 one, the third uh, team of each group uh, plays another match to get to the to the playoffs, to the World Cup. Oh, uh, really? Oh, in that case, all, all four of the teams... Let's check this with Tony now. Apparently it just goes to the semi-finals, I'm saying. The first and the second go through to the semi-finals and the third... Oh, it's not a group. Okay, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the format is. Um, but yes, we the top two in each group goes through to the semi-finals and the third in each group goes through to the fifth place playoff, which I assume has something to do with the... Ah, yes, that's to qualify for a World Cup playoff. I see. Okay, so there are more World Cup spots available than I thought. I was wondering whether there was any Olympic stuff as well, because we're in 2022 now, So, but presumably the next Copa America Femenina will be qualifying for the Olympics. I imagine there's another one in another couple of years, but I don't know. You think so, yeah. Anyway, uh, while we're waiting for Tony to send us a link to this match, which I imagine he will do quite shortly, and I can stick it on my... F oh, no, one of you can maybe stick it on one of your phones, because we'll be using mine to read out Mr's questions. Mm -hmm. There we go, he's just sent it. Um, Dan, could you get it up and... We can put it there or something. Um, Let's have a look. We now need to talk about some stuff off the pitch because there are two things that have happened. One of which Dan's going to tell us all about because he reads the gossip columns and knows what's going oh, on. Oh, but you just asked me to look for this game, mate. You mind? With, uh, Andres, <laughs> you've got WhatsApp on this fancy tablet you've got. Do you have WhatsApp on yes. there? Yes. You have. Can you uh, can you get the link that Tony's just sent to the group and stick it on and we can put it there? Or so you can, can or you can uh, cast it onto my TV. Oh, you can cast it. Oh, in that case, I can do it. You can cast. Oh, oh yeah, no, it's on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is absolutely fucking gripping content isn't it? <laughs> uh, to listen to. Anyway, uh, while Sam's doing that, I'm going to have to mute it because otherwise you've got multiple HDMI ports on your television as well. Have Well, you must have if you've got the Chromecast plugged in. No, it's uh, included because it's a. Uh, Android TV. Oh, okay, yeah. right. I thought it was through the Flowbox. I was like, Flowbox can do that. Don't we? Yeah. We've only got one HDMI cable on our television. Anyway. Um, yes, Sam wanted me to talk about Rodrigo de Paul. If you could. Um, he's getting divorced, which isn't pleasant for anyone. There's two kids involved, I believe, with his ex-partner. Um, and for some reason... Reasons best known to himself, I guess. Um, AFA president Claudio Chiquitapia decided to go out in public and throw some petrol on the fire because he said, in the best manner of a taxi driver bored sitting in traffic <laughs> down Avenida Corrientes. Um, I don't like divorced people. That don't make me suspicious. <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't think he said that. He did say that you have to think of the children, which is good. <laughs> um, and that this situation, for some reason, could put De Paul's World Cup 
presence in jeopardy. Because apparently in Quata, you can't enter the country if you have outstanding um, criminal court proceedings, and especially yeah, I suppose. if it's to do with, as Tapia said, un tema de género o algo similar. So, agenda thing or, or something like that. Um, which is what we understand from the FIFA rules. Nothing to do with agenda. You read that, you mean, well, it's similar to Bisha. I mean, that seems to be the, the implication. Luckily, Visha won't have this problem because Colombia are going to the World Cup. Hmm. Sorry, Colombians. Um, and obviously, the, the Paul's ex's lawyers jump right on this because if they can you know, use this as a bit of leverage to get a, a good settlement, obviously, that's their job to do. Saying, oh, yes, that's completely right. But I don't think it is because um, this is a divorce hearing. Currently, you know, Depolu is a fabulously wealthy young footballer earning millions of euros a year. And going out with a pop singer now. I mean, yeah, that's neither here or there. Here or there, I don't think. No, I just uh, thought I'd give some context. He can be the, put in prison the for that. The only thing that I know because Google News tells me it for some fucking reason every time I yes. open Google News on my phone. Um, and they say that yes, if the World Cup starts tomorrow, Depolu couldn't play it, which. Really? I'm no lawyer. Uh, the ex's lawyers are saying this. Yes. As far as I understand, it's not a criminal case. A divorce proceeding is a civil case. Um, I hope they can sit down and get everything thrashed out. And di divorce is definitely permitted in Islamic cultures, so I can't think yeah. why... What? Yeah, and I'm sure um, Depol will go in with the best disposition um, to get, you know, to pay his, his family and support his kids. It, it obviously would be a problem if, down the line, uh, a settlement's made and, and he doesn't pay child support. Oh, okay. Then, um, he could be in a bit of trouble. And we might have a scene like, I don't know if you remember the, the World Cup qualifier, I think it was, with Ener Valencia. Yes. Yeah. Who feigned injury feigned, feigned and injury, threw himself on the floor 10 minutes before and then rushed out of the stadium in an ambulance so being arrested yeah, yeah. but not paying child support I mean we shouldn't laugh because this is obviously serious stuff but it was very funny um, his reaction not the not the overall situation um, I'm not a lawyer much less a family lawyer but I would like to put everyone's minds at ease and say that right now I don't think there's any danger of the ball being from a legal point of view, barred from entering Quata just because he's getting divorced um, in probably a quite messy divorce. No. Um, and, um, which is good because he is absolutely vital for Argentina. Um, let's hope that he gets it all sorted out. His head is in the best place possible and he continues to play very well for Argentina as he has been doing for the last two years or perhaps even longer. Yeah, and um, just to reiterate... Um, Basically, don't take legal advice from Chiki Dabia. No. You Any, can ask for other things. Oh, I don't know. What advice could you ask for Chiki, from Chiki Dabia? How to win the presidency of the AFA without having any of what you would think would be the requisite qualifications for legal That would be a good one. Yes. Association. Um, and yet also, at the same time, managing to appoint the one manager who then ends your trophy drought. <laughs> how to be a really, really lucky bastard. Uh, mm. 
seems to be the best um, yeah. the best advice you could ask him. Not legal uh, advice, though. Never legal advice. No. And the important thing to reiterate is that the pop singer that Rodrigo de Paul is now going out with is female. Because obviously if it was a male pop singer, then that actually might prevent him from going into Quata. And that's yeah. just one of the very many reasons why the World Cup should not be being held in Quata this year. But, but would she be able to go with him if they're not married? That's the question. As long as they don't show affection in public, right. I believe it's allowed. Uh, from what I gather on my Google News feed, showing affection in public is the main thing that they do with each other. So It seems possibly. they're fond of public affection, yes. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, when, when you'd started telling us about Tapia re- Tapia's reaction there and being like, oh, well, you know, we'd have to think about whether we'd allow a divorcee on the way, I, I was getting serious like Danielle Passarella vibes. Just the, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole, you've got to have a sensible short back and sides to play on this team mm. and... All this stuff. Uh, Tony says hello, by the way, everybody. On hello. The, on the group. Uh, now, the other non-footballing theme that we have to talk about is the... It's not very often that I read something related to football that makes me stop and go, fuck? But uh, <laughs> Really? In Argentina? No, that's true. In Argentina, it happens to me three times a day, at least. In English football, it's right. a bit more of a novel experience, and it's mostly sort of... It tends to be quite depressing when that happens, because okay. it's like, okay, this... Genocidal maniac has bought your favourite Premier League team again. That well, not my favourite Premier League club, of course, but uh, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but we have a slightly more cuddly, if far more confusing, club ownership story to bring you now, and that is the news that if you read the Argentine newspapers, uh, Maxi Lopez is the new owner of Birmingham City. And wow. if you read the English newspapers, from what I gather, it seems that he's actually an investor in a consortium that's just bought them, albeit one of the main investors and mm. one of the guys who was at Birmingham's last match of last season apparently and it now turns out that this was because they were looking into buying them so I don't know what Birmingham City's situation has been this is an Argentine football podcast not an English football podcast uh, from the little that I have managed to gather about it since this has happened uh, the previous owner was a bit of a shyster um, but yeah, do either of you know anything more about this? No. No, I must admit, I'm rather in the dark. It's I think recent. it's brilliant. It's quite recent, so yes, we will have to, mm. to see what happens uh, following days. About if he is really into the team or, or, or it's only an invest uh, that he invested and, and this is it. But he, uh, by the way, he appeared in the stadium and, and, and being like surprised because of the. Are they saying how it was? And I do like the fact that on his Wikipedia kind of front page when it comes up in Google, yeah. um, one of the salient facts are there are three um, salient facts about Maxi Lopez. He's an Argentine former professional footballer, which played the second striker. Fine. Mm-hmm. He, holds, he holds both an Argentine and an Italian passport. Okay. He is known as El Rubio and La Gacina de Oro. The Golden Hen. Yeah. Um, why is this... A, is that actually his nickname? I've never heard... I'm like you, I've never heard it uh, in relation to the lobbies. And B, why is it never mentioned, if so, in the discussion about the best foot Argentine football nicknames? Indeed. Because yeah. La Gachina, it's fantastic. Like, yes. uh, kind of an unwitting lampoon putting him next to Maradona, El Pibe Oro. Of course, Golden The Golden Hen. Of his hair, but... Uh, of course. And... and in fact, I think that his hair is one of the reasons why Barcelona signed him. 
because he was blonde and he played a good match against Boca. And there's the no only what else you need, yeah. The only good match of his yeah. career, I still remember that Super Classico. It was as if he'd found Diego Maradona's boots lying around in the bowels of the Bombonera, decided mm. to put them on and been inhabited by Maradona's spirit. But Maradona <laughs> was very much alive still when this game took place. Uh, but yeah, he ended up signing for Barcelona a couple of months later and ever since it's just been like, how, how is this guy having this career? Yeah, anyway, what I will say is he looks apart. That's like oh, yeah. some real money ball, I'm going to be a proactive owner and turn this club around um, by, by its boot heels. Anyway, I, I know that, the, of course, this calls your attention because it, it is about Birmingham, but uh, I think it's even more strange uh, than this is that, for example, uh, Dario Benedetto and Gustavo Bou have done similar things with Elche okay. from Spain. And when Benedetto was playing there, he, he put money or he invested and... Yeah. and, and uh, that was with Bragarnik, the, the agent. Who's the owner of Elche. Who's the owner of Elche, yes. I only found that out yesterday or the day before. Really? Oh. Yeah, because I was reading something about uh, Lisandro Martinez for some reason. Oh. I can't think why I'd be reading oh. anything about him. But um, but yeah, it mentioned that Bragarnik was, was the owner of Elche and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Um, you might well own some of United now, knowing how Bragarnik negotiates. Yeah, <laughs> the, the fact that they look like they're going to be getting this transfer over the line suggests that they've been done in some way because this is not a board that I have really any faith in but anyway, back onto Argentine football Maxi Lopez finished with almost exactly one goal in every four matches he played 501 matches, Levi's fans mm-hmm. um, during his career and scored 126 goals so if he played one match fewer and scored one goal fewer, he would have an exactly one in four record. I find that very, um, very pleasing. Um, But yeah, apart from that one fantastic Super Classico he played for for River, the other 500 matches were played for River, Barcelona, of course, somehow, 14 league games in two seasons, Mallorca, Mallorca, if you're listening to this from Spain, FC Moscow, Gremio, Catania, Milan, Sampdoria, Chievo Verona, Torino, Udinese, then Vasco da Gama, and then he came back and played in the second division for a season in 2019 to 20 with Crotone in Italy. And Sa- I should have made sure I knew how to say this before I started. San Benedettese in the third division in Italy. It might be apparent that I can't speak Italian from the way that I pronounce those. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Um, I do seem to remember seeing at various points that he kind of had some of his, uh, I guess a little bit maybe of his ex-wife's shared interest in business dealings and stuff. Yeah, like, he seems like a very intelligent guy, he to does. be fair. And uh, as, as all people born in early April 1984 are, I should course. say, he's one day older than I am. Yeah. Actually, by Argentine, when I was born, yeah, the UK's three hours ahead of Argentina at that yeah. time of year, and I was born at quarter past midnight, so... Possible that in a way we were born on the same day, um, but yeah. Anyway, it says on his Wikipedia here, Maximiliano Lopez nació el 10 de abril de 1984, but that's the first time I've ever seen that, and this lists it as the third of April. So anyway, you you now all know what day I was born, don't you? So he's younger than Pepe San, who is still a footballer. He is younger than Pepe yeah. San, yes. Uh, by a full, I don't know why I'm checking his age because I just told you he's a, year, a day older than me. Uh, three and a half-ish years, like three and a third, something like that, because Pepe Sam's about to turn 40, 
two, two isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so, oh, three and two thirds, because Sam's birthday's in, I feel like next month or something, August mm-hmm. or something like that. Anyway, that's very far off topic now. Um, <laughs> should we go on to Mrs. Questions? Yes. Yes. We had, I feel like we had one last week, right after we finished recording. I think we did. And it was... Uh, no, no, we didn't. Did we not? No, apparently not. Or if it was, then somebody deleted it. Uh, oh yeah, no, hang on, here's Rob on the 18th of July. No, that's just three days ago. Rob Fitzpatrick says, Thanks for answering my questions every week. I just thought of one. Why do Dan and Santi support Racing and Independiente? I always like a supporter origin story. Now, Santi's not here this week, but I strongly suspect, given that he's Argentine, that the answer is going to be because his mum or dad or both of them I did. I feel like we answered this very question about free podcasting. Yeah, we get it quite frequently, but Dan, do you, Rob's a new listener, so do you want to tell him why you support Racing in possibly slightly fewer words than you did last time? <laughs> Uh, because I met who one, a guy who's now one of my best mates, and he's an absolute racing fanatic, and he started taking me down to the games, um, gave me one of his racing shirts, basically everything, that uh, all the fabulously generous things Argentines just do to almost complete strangers as a matter of course, because that's just how they are. Hmm. Um, and he got me hooked. Yeah. That's about it. I went to the first uh, Libertadores match of Lanusa's campaign when they reached the Libertadores final, you know, when Phil came down here at the end mm. of that year. Um, the reason I was at that first match was that I had basically, I was standing at the Urinal in my local, and a guy walked in, had seen me playing pool, and remarked on the fact that I'd been playing pool. I think I must have been either playing it absolutely awfully or, or particularly well that evening because mm-hmm. he remarked on it and then said, who do you support? Which football team do you like? And I said Manchester United and he said Lanús and then said, I'll take you to a game sometime. And yeah, so I got the coach out to Lanús. He picked me up at the railway station, took me in. The whole time I was thinking, you know, obviously I'm going to be giving this guy some money at mm-hmm. the end of the evening. And then it came to the end of the evening because every time I, I tried to offer him money, he was like, oh, we'll sort it out later, don't worry. And then it came to the end of the evening and he was like, no, no, I don't want any money, it's fine. So, okay, <laughs> well, thanks very much. Um, yeah, it can be slightly discombobulating if you've grown up in somewhere like Western Europe. Mm. But it's nice. It is. It really is. Derek Ryan says, uh, what do you think of the chances of this transfer happening? We all know San Lorenzo are crap, but have they become the overall gang camp? I don't know what he means by gang camp, but anyway. Gang uh, camp? There is a, a quoted tweet in this question, and it suggests that Josie Altidore might be possibly being offered to San Lorenzo by his agents. Or perhaps we should start calling him Jose Altidore if he's going to be playing down here. Possibly. Um, I find it difficult to believe. He is definitely going to want to be paid in dollars. Oh, yeah. And And San Lorenzo then really have even pesos. He will be the first uh, player from the United States. To play Argentina? No, he won't. He won't even be the only one this season. We've got the Sonoras. Yeah. And uh, there's one other one, isn't there? Uh, The At the moment, I mean, or relatively recently, in the last couple of years. There is, yeah. There is. Reynolds kid or something like that? No. No. I can't remember his name, but there have been a few. Maybe the first without... Without Argentine family connections. Michael Oshers was another one. Oshers was born in the States, but that was... Yes. What, in the infancy of the infancy of Hannah Potting yeah. 
and possibly oceans. Uh, the Funimoris. Oh yeah. Although they weren't citizens. <laughs> they did everything wrong as, as is their one. Wrong, they're, they're dapid, but anyway, yeah. Um, I can't yeah, see it happening, but I it would be fun. Thank you for bringing it to our attention, Derek, because yes. I hadn't heard about this until I saw your tweet, but I find it vanishingly unlikely that it would actually happen. Um, Dan, you have tweeted us, uh, tweeted us in, copied us in, to... Oh, I see, I thought you were replying to somebody else and telling us to ask about this. Um, but yeah, you asked yourself, could Tevez actually turn out to be a coaching genius, having named all of those teenagers in Central's victory? And then you said, ask us about this on Hand of Pod, so Dan... Um, I mean, he, is Carlos Tevez in fact the, the cleverest coach in football in history? It remains to be seen. It's still very, very early. He's mm. what five games in? Four, five, yeah, Four, five, 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 five yeah. Right Two defeats, a win, a draw, and uh, and now this win. I think it's two wins because they won at the weekend. That's what I said. Two defeats, a win, a draw, and a win. I oh, just yeah. said it in a really stupid way. Exactly, yeah. Most people would have just said two wins, <laughs> two draws, and one draw. Yes. And one but defeat. I tried to do it chronologically. Or the other way around. Um, I mean, I'm always keen to see teams just chuck in young young players if they've got them and, and see how they go. I was and Central tend to have pretty good youngsters they've had a lot over the years I will say this I think that Carlos Tevez has already shown a level of managerial ability that suggests that Manchester City should sack Guardiola tomorrow <laughs> and appoint Carlos Tevez and have him in charge for the 2022 to 2023 Premier League season would you settle for Boca? Uh, no I'll okay. settle for nothing less than nothing less than the City Manchester City Empanada Liberation Front which is one of the best Twitter names I've ever seen, and it's the first time I've come across them, uh, says, says, what's happening with River Plate? Will they get back up? And what do you make of their two latest signings, Borja and Solari? I think we throw this one over to Andres. I mean, we've answered what's happening a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, so listen to the last couple of episodes, but what do you make of, the, uh, of Borja and Solari? We mentioned them coming in earlier, Andres, but do you think they're going to be good or... Well, Borja, I think, has a quite better record, a scoring record than Matthew Lopez, for example. I think he has, <laughs> in fact, he has uh, almost, I don't know if one goal every two matches, but some more, some like, something like that. I, will tell you I would have loved to see, to have seen Maxi Lopez working under Mar- Marcelo Gallardo. That would have been really, really hilarious. I can imagine an awful lot of sitting on the bench. Uh, or, I think he could get... He might have got punched at some point. <laughs> I think that if you leave him in front of the goal, he has a lot of possibility to score. The problem, no, no, Borja. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is if if, if River, uh, well, if you is uh, watched him play recently, uh, the, he would have been uh, uh, have had a lot of chances to score. Um, it's a gamble, right? It's it comes across as quite an unriver. Signing, I think it's kind of like this biggish name, biggish salary, but the pro- could go very wrong. A very like streaky player. I'm going to be honest. I I think it could turn out to be brilliant. But, but one thing I'm slightly surprised by is that looking down his career stats, if his Wikipedia page is to be trusted, um, he seems to be a really big game player, right? Because I think of him being absolutely brilliant in the Libertadores for 
three or four years in a row in like the 2010s. But it was like four games in that entire game champions we did in, in league matches. He's so far, it says here, 225 games played, 82 goals scored. Mm. So not bad, but it's like one in just over one in three, isn't it? Rather than like one in two. Mm. But in all competitions, 142 goals in 361 games, which has yes. actually scored a hell of a lot in cup matches. And you wonder um, about the timing. I mean, why now? De River really need him to get what you'd imagine would be the goal of a top six, top eight finish in, in the league, which would uh, well, get him into the Libertadores? When the negotiations Is going to make started, that much difference? When the negotiations started, they were still in the Libertadores. I know, but you can break and negotiations off. Yeah. Luis Suarez did it very quickly after, uh, after their elimination. They, they need to replace Julian Alvarez. But do they? And he's only 29. He's going to be around for a... a you know, at least a couple of years. Yeah. I don't know how long the contract is signed with River is. I think, uh, yes, I'm, I think it will be three years. So, I mean, by Argentine standards, that's like somebody in Europe signing a six-year contract. Yeah. I, I think they can get good value for him, and I think he'll do I well. don't know. I might have waited until the end of the year, to be honest. I don't think they haven't got a whole amount to play for uh, now. Then, well, Solari oh. is... Uh, uh, he impressed uh, Gallardo when... Colo uh, Colo played against River in the Copa Libertadores matches. I think that is the key, uh, the key reason for the for the signing. Uh, and yes, he's a potential. I think uh, uh, different to Warha is uh, is an, I think a bet. It's like potential great uh, player for River. Uh, of course, the ideal will be for him to serve goals to Warha, as he uh, plays mm. in the right or in the left. I think more in the right. Uh, oh, he's a winger. Yes. Right. I was about to say he's another player with a United Statesian link after seeing that he was born in Arizona, but he wasn't. He was actually born in Arizona, San Luis, San Luis yeah. in Argentina, uh, which is a village that I've never heard of before because it's a village. Uh, but he's very much one for the future. He's only 21. And so both of those players are on the bench tonight. The game has oh, just kicked off. Right. Well, in that case, we better let Andres go. Mm. Um, Oh, hang on. There's one more question, I think. Tommy Buendia says, how much longer does Riquelme have at Boca? Is he untouchable? I mean, the I mean, the presidential is term has two, two more years. Yeah, time, I think, the, yeah, the only person you can sack him, it, well, actually, I suppose technically the president could sack him, but that's not going to happen because mm. the president's in his job because he got Riquelme on the ticket. Um, so the only person that can realistically sack Riquelme is the fans, the, the, the members, mm. and they can vote him out in, as Dan says, a couple of years' time. So I reckon that he's pretty safe for at least the next couple of years. Yes, in fact, and probably the next nearly two and a half years because Boca's elections are in December, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry for a very very boring answer to your question there, Tommy. But yeah, he's not going anywhere for a while. No, well, and given to, that incumbents, much to the joy of all those of us who don't support Boca. And given that incumbents almost always win elections because they have quite a big advantage uh, yeah. it'll probably be around for quite a lot longer as well if he so chooses well we'll see how Boca's next couple of years go because it might not be such an advantage to be the incumbent it's always an advantage to be the incumbent because you have a lot of many boxes of money that you can give to people oh, true. Yeah. in order for them the, to the vote thing you. Is, <laughs> the thing is unless the, the, the Boca continues playing like this for, for two more years I don't think there is a really danger for him to be out of the club because no. at least uh, 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 in fact uh, 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 
at, at least if, if uh, Angelici is the other, perhaps, uh, candidate to, to, to for the next election, elections, and he wants to go back to the club, to, to be back at Boca. Mm. Because he when he left, it wasn't the best way in which he left, and, and the results weren't good, and, and all the similar situation like, like that is right now. So I don't know if there is that difference or a lot of difference between one uh, candidate and the other. And in fact, Riquelme is not the president, but he acts like he is. Yeah. Um, the, the puppet master. Yes. yes. The power behind the, the wizard of us. With his tentacles <laughs> pulling the strings. <laughs> uh, I'm mixing my metaphors in all sorts of ways. So, anyway, I think that we're going to say goodbye to Andres now, but I'm going to put some music on and I'll come back uh, with Dan in what for all of you listening will be about 15 seconds time with Mystic Sam. But for now, uh, say goodbye, Andres. Yeah, thank you, goodbye. Okay, here we go. Um, Tacheres beat Banfield 1-0, by the way. Uh, I think that Federico Girotti scored a, a goal at some point. Maloshis, it was. Ah, Maloshis, uh, and it was ruled out. Ah, I mean, the goal that stood uh, was Maloshis. I was talking about the one that was scored. Ah, apologies. I think you must have been speaking, so I don't think you saw it. But it was a very nicely worked goal, but it was ruled out for offside by that. River Gimnasia is currently 0-0 after about 10 minutes. And this weekend's matches kick off on the... Oh, that says the 23rd, is that... Saturday is the 23rd because we have a midweek round so yes, yes of course so yeah. so the other thing that I realised earlier on by the way was that I said earlier that Vélez River uh, took place on Monday night and it didn't it took place on Sunday uh, because of the fact that the midweek round meant that there were no matches on Monday anyway starting on Saturday this weekend matches are going to go as follows Sarmiento versus Colón is going to be a draw Independiente versus Atlético Tucumán is going to be a draw Central Córdoba versus Racing is going to be a Racing win. Tigre versus Platense is going to... Ooh, that should be interesting, actually. That has got quite a good one, potentially. Uh, does it, though? Tigre quite low down. Platense much higher up. I'm going to go for a Platense win. I mean, it's a bit of a classic, right? It is. Tigre and Platense? Yeah. Maybe that's what Wait. I was thinking, but also I've still I'm got guessing that's head. why they put it on at one o'clock in the afternoon. I've still got in my head that Tigre are flying relatively high, and of course they're not. Platense They did well in the Copa de la Liga, but Platense are decent. So They are one of only two unbeaten teams in the entire division, alongside Atletico Tucumán. Very true. Who would have thought we'd be saying that after nine games? We should have no one. these things out earlier, shouldn't we? We did find out they were second and third. Um, one thing we didn't mention either okay. is that of the top four, three of the teams have never won a Primera División title. And if we extend it to the top five, um, you've got Gimnasia, who yeah. sort of won a title. But as we said last uh, week, Gimnasia no did. one wants to... Gimnasia did win a title, but they just won it in the pre-professional era. But um, we said last week that they don't, even they don't want to no, acknowledge it. No, this ridiculous Argentine idea that the amateur era doesn't count, even though they reached a World Cup final during the amateur era. Oh, goodness, yeah. Anyway, I have just very quickly looked down while you were talking, and Tigre, just like Platense, they have scored 11 goals. Um, they've conceded rather more, so it should still be an entertaining match, because they're both relatively free-scoring teams. I mean, mm-hmm. 11 goals in nine matches for each of them, so it's not like... You know, no, but Brazil, compared to the rest of the league, Ooh. 
Argentina just nearly scored, but there's been a collision between the forward and the goalkeeper um, in the Copa America Femenina. Mm-hmm. By the way, while we were talking just then, uh, Santi has said he thinks that there are three teams. Um, so, yeah. uh, who go through to the World Cup. Uh, so, Argentina need to qualify for the semis and then win their semi. Mm-hmm. And they'll be guaranteed, or they have to win the third place playoff. If Santi's right, we'll find out from Tony hopefully in a bit before we stop recording, but we'll see. Uh, now, where were we? Platense are going to beat Tigre. Aldo Sibi versus River has to be a River win, doesn't it? I mean, if River can't win that... They really have to win that, yeah. Especially as it's in the middle of the afternoon. It's not like they're going to have to deal with that Mardel Plata nighttime temperature. It's supposed to be a really nice weekend. So. True. I mean, it's still Mardel Plata at nighttime. Though. Mm. Even in the middle of summer, it gets absolutely freezing there. Gimnasia versus Lanús, I think, is going to be a Gimnasia win. Boca versus Estudiantes. Oh, that looks spicy. I don't know whether it'll be that entertaining, but it looks like it could be a spicy one. I'm going for an Estudiantes victory. Mm. I mean, I'm trying to think of how often we're used to seeing Boca lose in the Bombonera and how many times they've already done so this season. If Estudiantes do win that, it's got to go down as one of Boca's worst home campaigns ever <laughs> already, hasn't it? Uh, Get in there, yeah. Get in there. San Lorenzo versus Tacheres, I think, will be a draw on sun, Sunday or Monday? Twenty On Monday. Monday. We're in two already. San Lorenzo Tacheres is a draw. New Wales, I think, will beat Defensa y Justicia. Banfield will lose to... Of course they'll lose. Argentina's the top of the table. I don't know why I'm being hesitant about that. Venice versus Huracan will finish in a draw. Union versus Godoy Cruz will be an Union win. Arsenal versus Rosario Central will be another victory for Carlos Tevez's Barmy Army. Uh, and Barracas Central versus Patronato de la Juventud Católica is going to be a Barracas Central win. And while I was saying that, Seba has confirmed for us that the top three in the Copa America Femenina go to the World Cup, which means Argentina need to draw or win the match they're playing right now. Nil nil, two minutes before half time, uh, and then they need to either lose the semi final and win the third place playoff or win the semi final. Uh, oh, yeah. They've got two routes <laughs> into, into the World Cup. Um, I think that's it. I think we're about there, yes. Thank you very much indeed for listening, and goodbye from Andres, who's already said goodbye to you and is not here anymore. Uh, English Town, goodbye. And me, thank you and goodbye. Two one nil scorelines to tell you about uh, after we finished recording. River Plate beat Gimnasia. Lucas Beltran, the scorer of the only goal in that one, just before half time. Uh, and in the Copa America Femenina, far more importantly, Argentina beat Venezuela, also one nil. Um, that puts them into the semi finals. And to tidy up what we were trying to work out while we were recording, Tony's now uh, filled us in. There are three uh, direct qualification spots for the Women's World Cup up for grabs there. Uh, So if Argentina were to get into the final, then they would be uh, guaranteed one of those. They'll play Colombia in the semi-final. In Tony's words, Colombia are the one country in South America who might have a hope of a win against Brazil. So that's pretty unlikely. Uh, So really the best that Argentina can hope for is winning the third place playoff. That would also put them into the Women's World Cup. Uh, But if they finish fourth, then they would play in 
a playoff against the team who finished fifth, because there'll be a playoff to decide the fifth place team as well. And the winners of that go into an intercontinental playoff uh, for a World Cup spot as well. Uh, positions four, five and six, in other words, the positions Argentina have already guaranteed themselves in because they'll finish in at least the top four, um, are going to the Pan American Games as well, which are being held in Santiago in 2023.